0: real estate over there and hustle over here got real estate over there and hustle over here welcome to the uninvited house guest podcast i'm tony stanford
1: i'm joy bailey
0: thank you for checking us out
1: so i was in a meeting a couple weeks ago and i uh, got some information that let me know that we're gonna change the way that we are using the algorithm for calculating credit scores I always tell people to go to myfico.com and, you know, get your three credit scores and you'll see what we see and they're making some changes because they're trying to open up more opportunities for people to be able to get mortgage loans and I recently learned that they're going to go away from using the FICO scoring models that used to be FICO 2, 4, and five um, but and go into a buy merge. So they're going to pull two credit scores instead of three. One is going to be a vantage score and one is going to be a FICO score. So that's going to be really interesting. But the thing that was like really unique about this was when you look at the way that your credit score is um, calculated, 35% of your credit score is your payment history. Like, have you been paying your bills on time? all the time and then the next highest um, or heaviest calculate heaviest variable that's calculated is how much money do you owe Um, that's going to be a little bit different with the vantage scoring model now where they're going to lean more heavily on how much credit have you used and how much credit you have available Um, but the payment history is actually going to be like the third biggest factor instead of like the biggest factor involved. So we have some changes that are coming and they're going to really shift the credit score because I asked somebody, hey, uh, take a look at your credit score. Let me know. Do you see that on there? And she was able to pull up the scoring model that I asked for. She said it was a hundred point difference Hmm. just based on the fact that they're shifting away from leaning so heavily on payment history and leaning more heavily on are you maxing
0: out the credit that you already have? That's an interesting, I guess, way to do it. Um, Well, I mean, I guess that gives you a higher credit score, which is good, Mm -hmm. but obviously your income still has, I guess, the major factor on how much you can affordability, I guess I should say, which I guess looking at just how the housing market is, that's, I guess, be my question as a realtor or even a potential homeowner is affordability is still key. Of the when you qualify, you still, if you're going to the lower end of the spectrum, you're still in the lower end spectrum, right? Absolutely.
1: Um, no, that's a, that's a great point. Now, it isn't going to uh, make you afford any more house. That is absolutely true. But if you are somebody that has, let's say you make a hundred thousand dollars a year and your credit trash, you can't buy nothing. Fair enough. But If you're in a scenario where you can get your credit cleaned up and you have the income and the assets, this is gonna move the needle for you. But that's so funny that you said that because I'm always the person in the room that's like, these are horrible ideas. Like, they're not thinking about it. Because you're absolutely right. Like, at the end of the day, it is about how much money you have and how much money you earn. It's not gonna create a flood into the marketplace, even though. It's designed to help make it more accessible by, you know, helping people with their credit scores. But no, you're a thousand percent right. Like, no, it's not going to make the houses cheaper. It's not going to give you any more money. It's not going to increase your income. It's just going to.
0: So I think you 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 kind of, you actually made a good point. So you said this is for, again, someone who has a decent income, which I guess we talked about incomes a lot on this podcast before. Um, So I guess this is to help the people who say, they make good money, but they had a ton of student loans, right? Or somebody who maybe we had poor credit because of what they were doing as a college student, potentially maybe again running up credit cards at I don't know whatever insert department store here, Express or uh, wherever people were shopping. I guess what was Cuban, or Amber Covering Finch or something. I don't know whatever stores that was cool. Um, cause I hope it wasn't Stephen Berry's, but um. Yeah, so I mean, I think it helps those, like, you know, young professionals or professionals that are kind of that age who, hey, they've been interested. Um, And I think even, obviously, interest rates are coming down. So I think those two in in, uh, connection with each other could possibly put, uh, I don't know, maybe 10% more people back into the market who weren't qualified. I don't know the numbers, but in my head, it's a small subset of the larger population. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's not a whole lot. I mean, I had a lady last week, a couple weeks ago, she called me. And uh, she wanted to buy a half million dollar house in Atlanta. And the first thing that I always do, I intentionally will throw out a number to have, create some shock value because people oftentimes cannot translate what a purchase price is to a payment. Mm-hmm. And so I said, "Oh, okay. So you good with like I don't know, like a four thousand dollar month payment?" She was like, mm, "If I had to, oh, <laughs> well, okay. Let me get out my pen and paper." So we're <laughs> so when we really kind of got through peeling back the, the layers of the onion, so to speak, her credit was the problem. She could not move forward. She had the asset. She was going to add her mom onto the loan. Um, she The credit, there was nothing that we could do about it. Her credit was like in the 400s. And so she was actually the one that told me, because I, I knew about the change in, in scoring models. And so I asked her when she was looking at the FICO search, so I said, well, what? What score is your FICO 10? She's like, it's 100 points higher. So that means that she's not going to have to wait as long, potentially, to get the score up with the change. Now, let's put that in context, too. This is not a change that's happening tomorrow. We're talking about something, you know, probably the back half of 2024 Mm -hmm. so we are at least a year away and i've been through implementations of different things and they always kick the can down the road for uh, several reasons so it very well may be 2025 when they actually started but by that time she would have fixed her credit score anyway (laughs) so it really doesn't matter but um, but yeah for people that are in a scenario where they're like oh i'm working so hard on my credit score this is going to make it a lot easier to give yourself a shot in the arm uh to get your credit score up quicker because when you have late payments they're going to be late they just late they late they late forever you, you know what i mean you can't you can't unlate it you can't you know what i mean but you can pay down your credit cards. Mm-hmm. That's something that can be done that's going to have an immediate impact on your credit score. And so, we with these new algorithms, hopefully, the way consumer debt is set up right now in the country, hopefully that will move the needle for a lot of people uh, that want to purchase homes and allow them to get the credit score up a lot faster and get into homes a lot faster.
0: Does this um, mm-hmm. put the credit card professionals out of a job, per se, or... Do they still have a place in the marketplace in this new FICO advantage scenario? Oh,
1: yeah. They'll be there. Oh, yeah. It definitely, I mean, it's going to matter. You're going to definitely have to still make those payments on time. Uh, but hopefully, um, if you just miss one payment, it's not going to impact you so severely that you're losing 80, 90, 100 points because you missed one payment. Yeah. Uh, that could mean the difference between being able to qualify or not qualify. So, hopefully, we'll see the, the shift. Hopefully, because the scoring models that we use right now are super, super old. They, they are, like I said, two, four, and five. We all the way up in 10 now. So, they're, they're making revisions. They've been making revisions for a while, but the mortgage industry is so conservative. We're like, nope, this way we're doing it. We've always done it this way. We're not changing it. And so, now they are going to make some changes.
0: That's again. I think that's definitely progress in the in the direction. I can think of a few clients who I've like talked to over the years who would benefit from something like this. Um, and again, they definitely had the finances, and it was again they made some mistakes early in their twenties, and you know it came down on them obviously when they were looking to get a home. So yeah. definitely, um, I'm excited to hear this. Obviously, I'm sure more information to come out as it closes to the release of that. Um, uh, but again, it's something for you guys to look forward to if you're kind of still on the fence on if home ownership is for you. Uh, so definitely continue to, like, look into dates and identify what changes are happening in the market. Um, every, we try to say it's not always just gloom and doom as far as rates and things like that. So there's other changes because ultimately the industry wants more people to buy because, again, that helps the industry. So definitely, uh, again, keep, keep these things at the top of mind as you, again, look into figure out when you want to jump into the market. Because, uh, again, it is a personal decision. So. Definitely, uh, you know, make sure you have uh, the inf- right information so that you're prepared when you believe you are ready. So we got this segment of the podcast where we do like a trending topic. It's just a real quick blitz. Uh, if it's if a discussion gets too good, it'll turn into further discussion later. But it's called Mortgage Points. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's about mortgages, obviously, or potentially about mortgages. Um, and today's topic is... So one of my homeboys tweeted out... To, to, to Twitter universe, uh, does it make sense for a real estate agent to rent, but tell potential clients to buy a home? Question mark. I'm trying to see something. So I have my thoughts, but I want to get your thoughts and then we'll circle back to me. So what do you think about that?
1: <laughs> I asked this question on um, Instagram. Like last year, I did a poll and said, does it matter to you when you're choosing your realtor if they own a the house or if they've ever owned before? And surprisingly, most people said it didn't matter. But I had this one comment that just took me out. Baby, let me tell you, this dude was like, I don't know, would you get crap from somebody who ain't tasted it first? (laughs) sure it ain't been stepped on. Is that that the language that they use? I've been watching ghosts. the experience before because you know the ups and downs emotionally that the buyer is going through it just you understand the cost and you know a lot of times realtors they gonna push and push and push well can my client qualify for more no You know, they're not considering the full picture of this person has never had to pay gas or water before. That's a new bill that they're going to have. They haven't considered the fact that they have this, you know, they having a baby and they got a thousand dollar daycare bill on the way. They haven't considered so many factors that when you are actually behind those doors and you have to cut that check every month, they understand all of the other things coming along. So I absolutely think that that's something that should be considered. Whenever um, somebody's trying to hire a realtor and even, you know, where you get your drugs from, too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm so weak. So I got a couple of thoughts on that. Let me uh, let me first say, like, I think that whole question stem from real estate professionals typically have been really older people. Like, there's I don't know, maybe 40 year old people and above. And they've been in the industry for 20 years. So they've been doing it their whole life. And in the early parts of the life, they weren't getting sales. So I think they kind of started that rumor about kind of, hey, I've been doing this 20 years. Or if you can't say I have 20 years experience, you're not qualified to be a realtor, which isn't true. Um, but I would say, I'm going to tell you guys how I answer my friend, and then I'll give you some more insight. Okay. So what I said to him was, on one hand, you got you got a point, but it's kind of a false narrative. I said, a dentist can give you a root canal, right? But that don't mean they actually have to have one, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I said that he, he loved the analogy, obviously. And then I kind of went on to tell them, but I feel like I'm a better realtor because I also own the house before I became a realtor. So I think I can like it can go both ways because again, if you doesn't you don't necessarily you can be passionate about something and that allows you to be good at your job, right? Some people maybe they five houses they own, right? They can still suck at being a realtor because it's the people side of it that I think that's important. Like, can you make it uh, the connection between hey, this is what you want? Okay, I hear what you're saying. Can you interpret the things that the emotions that you talked about? that can you interpret that to help them get into the house? Not just having the book smarts about it, but can you actually get the transaction done? And I think that's the piece that gets lost, whether you're, you know, 20 years experience or you're brand new. Um, And I'll even say with the first house I technically sold, my client didn't know that that was the first house I sold, right? Because, again, I felt mature and confident about what we had going on that I was able to, you know, accomplish the goal. So I feel like it stems from, again, the root of, in general, people always want to pick fun at realtors. So I think that's a part of it, but it's also older agents kind of pushing a narrative that, hey, they don't have experience, so you should use me. Um, so, I mean, it kind of goes both ways, but the crack analogy was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't
1: ready for that.
0: So, yeah, definitely. But I mean, like I said, I definitely can understand why people would, would ask that question or even think that. Um, but I don't. again, I don't know that it has, it don't have a lot of weight. I think, like I said, I think you can still do your job well and not have went through the experience personally. Um, just because you may have been around, you've seen a lot of houses, or your mom was a realtor, or anything, right? There's a lot of reasons why you could be good at it without having had that first hand experience as owning. But I guess the question would be why doesn't that person own? I mean, that's a legitimate question you could ask to them. Um, it could be they sold their property recently. It could be they're not interested in buying at this time, or it could be a lot of different reasons. I even know agents who are just as young as 22 because they ran out of college, right? Because um, you really only have to be eighteen to which so a lot of eighteen year olds don't own houses, right? So I mean, it's a lot of things, and then even as a self employed person, it's a whole different set of requirements. So if you only been a realtor for a year, you can't even qualify for a home. So it's technically speaking, so it's de- uh, definitely a lot of red tape around that too. So I, I don't know. I have a lot of mixed thoughts on it. It is, but
1: I think I think it gets different because I like the the root canal analogy that you gave, but the thing. Is have you ever been to a dentist that had teeth falling out their mouth? Like, you know what I mean? That didn't have proper oral hygiene. Or have you ever been to a physician that tell people to lose weight and they're fat? Like it's just there's certain things you're you're advocating. And home ownership is something that people are advocating they are big like you you better oh my god the wife is gonna pass you by this is how you get well you're telling everybody all these amazing wonderful things and it's like you offering me pie but what's in it like what you taste it you you taste a pie first taste a crack first you know and <laughs> you know, it's just it's really it's one of those i think there's a line between you selling a product and you're advocating for the sale of a product and it, usually realtors are advocating uh, for the idea of homeownership. So if it isn't something that you are so convicted on and something that you feel like you haven't done for yourself then what, what, why are you asking me to do it?
0: I can't argue with that. I will say Dennis can cheat because they were mad so you actually don't know if they have bad teeth or not most of the time. So I'ma just put that out there. You don't you don't know they have a mask on. They were they were a mask before COVID, right? Obviously the in-shape doctor, we could we can talk about that piece. But the dentist, we don't know. They wear masks. Um but yeah, again, I think it's a good question. Again, I don't know that it's uh again a necessity per se, but I definitely think again, I think I'm a belt, better realtor because I had owned a couple homes by the time I got into the industry. Um, and actually that was kind of what kind of me to do it because I felt like I had a terrible experience so maybe my realtor didn't own the house I don't know that's a again that's a good question it something to think about
1: your skill set for sure yeah. I mean I I absolutely think that it makes you better in your practice but during that exchange on Instagram I had a realtor come back and was like no it didn't make me better or worse
0: that's, yeah it's not possible what that's not possible okay. <laughs> But, I mean, like I said, I, I definitely think it's a good question. So, shout out to my boy, D. He says he listens to the podcast. So, we hopefully, appreciate he, he, we appreciate you. But well, hopefully, you hear this question. And we always talked about this, I think, like a month ago. Um, But I definitely wanted to kind of bring that back up and kind of get your insight on it. So, um, yeah, I think that was a good one. All right, well, folks, that's all the time we have for today. Hopefully, we've uh, shared some stuff that you can use to uh, spark some discussion with your family and friends. If you love what you heard, please uh, share like the episode. Um, Again, we need more people to listen to get the information. Again, our goal is just to help people to become homeowners. Um, Again, that's one person at a time. So definitely, if you like what you heard, share this with someone. Thank you. Peace.